0: Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And there's no annual contract. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. How you doing, baby?
1: I'm doing great, man. Ready to talk about one of the most exciting teams, young teams in the league, in my opinion. And we got a great guest to talk about it always. So let get uh- it. Oh, yeah,
0: man. You know, for an exciting and young team like the Hornets, man, we had to bring a exciting guest like Sam Smith. Sam, we hey. are very happy to have you on, man. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself to the fans. Say a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah. Uh, so Sam Dracula is like the, the brand. If you search that on YouTube or in the podcast realm, you'll find my stuff. But yeah, I do Hornets content on YouTube and then um, I do a weekly podcast called Believe in Hornets. And um, that's that's every single week on Apple Spotify, all that good stuff, and then the YouTube stuff is purely Hornets related. I do Hornets videos and live streams when games are going on. Very excited for that to be back in the mix once again. And I guess, like, just for just general background on me, um, I I live in Charlotte. I'm a transplant. I've been here for like five years. I've never had a team of my own. So when I moved here, like, I kind of adopted the Hornets and um, decided to be, you know, to like really document my journey as a Hornets fan. That's where the YouTube channel came about. And then um, through doing the YouTube channel, the podcast came about. And um, we're about going into like season three of this. And I'm very excited about it. So, yeah, um, YouTube.com. I don't know if it's time to do plugs or not, but if you search it, you'll find my stuff. Yeah. (laughs) If you're curious about Hornet stuff, that's all I really talk about there. Um, But yeah. Yeah, up. for for, sure. all, for all the
0: fans, man, we're going to we're going to leave all of Sam's uh, work, all from his podcast, from his YouTube channel in the link in the description down below. Man, I'll leave the link. So make sure you guys go check out all of Sam's work, man, because he's got some fire content, man. So oh, thank long, you. I appreciate it. No problem, man. So as long as all that's out the way, y'all ready to get into this Hornets talk? Sure. Let's, do it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. So the first question that we like to ask all the fans here for these fan interviews is, Sam, as a Hornets fan, are you content with the way this year went?
2: Uh, so, like the, uh, the, 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 like, the regular season yeah, and not the of offseason, just, like just on the court? Yeah, on um, the court. Yes. Um, even though it ended poorly or just, like, disappointingly, overall, the team was better than they were the year before. And that's all you could really ask for, just that upward, positive trajectory. And we saw a glimpse of what this team could be when they were flirting with that fourth seed when everyone was healthy. And then they lost Malik. Hayward and LaMelo and those, those, those rap basically. And they just slid on down the Eastern conference standings to the 10th seed and then got embarrassed by the Pacers in that playing game. And the positive thing about that, like not to jump ahead, but like the, the team seems very angry about that and determined to make, make sure that doesn't happen again, which that puts another kind of like tick mark in the positive column that they went through that experience, and then hopefully they'll do what it takes to make sure it doesn't happen again. But overall, yeah, pretty happy with it because they, they got better as a unit. They, even like Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington took leaps, um, and the Melo's first year was a lot of fun as well. Hayward arrival, Terry Roger got better. So, yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. I wish end it ended differently, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy overall.
0: Yeah, j- j- just like how you say, you know, the Hornets really took something from that from that Pacers game, and now they know where they want to go moving forward. You know, like, mm-hmm. today today's September 26th, man, I mean, September 27th, and honestly, I still remember that Pacers and Hornets game. I still remember how the Hornets just got punched in the mouth, man. Like, they came out there and got punched in the mouth, and really like how you said, uh, Sam, like, it was a... The, the Hornets took that to heart and you can tell that they really started uh, to make changes. You can tell by their, their off, uh their free agents, pickups, you know, they signed three vets with playoff experience to be able exactly. to help, to be able to help the Hornets, you know, and w- w- we'll get into that, but I had a quick question for you, Sam. So, you know, while we're on the lines of that Pacers game, we know Gordon Hayward didn't play in that game. We know he's a solidified vet himself. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if he would have played that would have, uh, that would have changed anything That wouldn't change anything for you guys. What do you guys have won that game, or how do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, 100%. Like, he's been to a conference finals. Like, Gordon Hayward, just from, like, a basketball point of view, just is is insanely valuable. And then you add on his experience um, playing with two different franchises and being in, like, playoff-type situations before. Really, no one on the team has been through that other than Terry, Zeller, and Biz. It's a very young team. And afterwards, you heard Terry talk about it. He was like – you know, we need to get more veterans here, or at least improve the the mix between the veterans and the young players. And like you mentioned, they addressed that in the offseason. But yeah, Hayward, Hayward, I think Hayward gets a lot of uh, I guess stick for his uh, his injury history. Uh, I think he's just been really unlucky. Like he stepped on Miles Turner's foot. Like that could happen to anybody. And he was out for like three months. And ironically, the Pacers eliminated the the Hornets. It comes full circle. So it's it's weird how that stuff works out. But when he's on the floor, he can do everything you know, play make, he can create his own shot and get other people involved. He can defend his position. He's, he's an invaluable piece of the puzzle. So with, with Hayward there, that game goes very differently. And honestly, I, I, the Pacers game was brutal. I, don't, I didn't feel confident in the team's chances of winning the next playing game and then like being in that eighth seat spot. With Hayward, I think they would have advanced through, but without him, I don't know, like even if they beat the Pacers on the day, I'm not sure they would have advanced beyond that just because of the depth issues they were dealing with at the time. Yeah, true.
1: So, Sam, you know, you mentioned, obviously, you know, Hayward was an integral part of the team being that veteran presence. And they obviously brought him in on a big contract. Yeah. And then uh, and then Melo as well. You know, he was out for a majority of the end of the season and then got came back, you know, towards towards the end and then into playoffs. So if you have my question to you is if you have Gordon and LaMelo healthy, do they get in the regular season? Are they higher seed
2: or, or how did you feel about that? Yeah, I think I think seed at worst. I think they avoid the play in with um with everyone being healthy Malik Monk included because he that was another one it was like, oh, man, we're just losing everybody. You know, the team didn't have a lot of depth to go with and or to begin with. And then not having Malik as an option off the bench was really brutal. Um, but yeah, that was a huge hit to the starting five. And then really when LaMelo came back, it was like 10 games. He wasn't himself. He wasn't the same guy. He was still doing this with his wrist at all times. He's going to treatment at all times. And his his, his, uh, his percentages from the floor really took a hit. And it was clear he was just toughing it out, which to his credit, like I, I, as a fan, I appreciate, you know, that that level of character. But he wasn't the same lamella we saw pre-injury. So, yeah, like it, it really, really put a damper on things. I don't want to overstate it because the Knicks, the Knicks finished in the fourth seed. It was like Hawks five. Um, I don't remember who, was in, who finished six. But um, I look at – I don't think the – I think the Hornets – would have been in that in that world and then again kind of going back to like if you replay it i'm not sure that hornet's team would have fared too well against that hawks team the way they were playing either so it might have been if they even made the playoffs they got mashed up with the hawks i think it would have been like the hawks would still have done the thing they did um in the run they had because that team was incredible the way they came together but yeah, yeah it, was, it was really just like disheartening but it's on the positive side they this, this hornet's team didn't have a an opportunity to fail properly right like there's always that there's like what if aspect of it which adds a little cushion to everything it makes it look like more like easier to kind of digest like no one didn't show up no one like underperformed. Just guys weren't available because of injury yeah
0: yeah man definitely and you know I, I, earlier we were talking about uh how they, they they were able the hornets were able to learn something from from, from that mistake you know a, lot, a very famous quote I see all over the world is like every loss comes with a lesson, you know. And yeah. the Hornets took the Hornets took that lesson, and they went in the offseason. That's where we'll transition to next. And they signed Kelly Kelly Oubre Jr. They signed Mason Plumley. They signed Ish Smith, three veteran guards. So, to you, who is the who are you most excited for uh, joining onto this Hornets team?
2: Oh, Kelly Oubre, easily. Like I, I'm, re- I'm really gassed about Mason Plumley. Uh, for a lot of reasons, because like especially that draft day trade, because they moved up 30 spots in the second round to, or not 30, like 20 spots in the in the second round to get JT Thor. But Ish Smith is a local guy; he's from this area, and he's gonna bring a ton, like from a leadership point of view. And Lamelo, I think, can learn from Ish as well. But man, when when Hayward wasn't available, either just from rest or injury, the Hornets there was a really big drop off there. And I like these guys. I like Jalen McDaniels. I like the Martin twins. But that, that's a steep drop off when Hayward's not there. And Hayward, even if he remains perfectly healthy, he still can't play every minute, right? So bringing in Kelly Oubre for a bargain, I think, because I he, if the offseason went a different way, he could have made a lot more money. So I think he's, I'm really, it's really fortunate that he's here and the Hornets were able to pull it off cap wise. He can play that three position, he can play the two, and he can defend both. And I think you could dabble with the four as well, if if need be. That versatility and skill level didn't exist last year. Like so, when if and when Hayward's not available, uh, Caleb Martin's with the Heat now. Uh, Cody Martin won't be playing in Hayward's place. Jalen Daniels won't be playing in 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 Hayward's place, which is more fair to them as well. They're not thrust in that position, and it really fortifies like them going down like a slot or two in the rotation makes that part. That that part of the rotation deeper because those guys can do it. They can show flashes, but for an extended period, you don't you don't want to see it for like ten games in a row. Kelly Oubre, completely different story. Like he's a guy I think fans can like really get back and get behind, and he seems pretty bought in to what the Hornets are doing here, which is what you want to see from a new guy entering like the uh, the ecosystem. But I, I'm I'm really excited about Kelly Oubre because we saw the perimeter defense really take a take a hit over the course of the year. Like I, my my I'll never forget like during. I was, it was against one of the Grizzlies games and Kyle Anderson hit it back to back threes from the exact same spot on the floor. Kyle Anderson isn't fast. He's very good, but sh- you think he'd be able to stop him from shooting, getting to the same point on the floor and knocking down back to back threes and the horns couldn't do anything about it. Kelly Oubre won't let that happen. And I'm excited about that guys can't get hot from distance against us. Hopefully knock on wood and everything works out. Well, so yeah, I-, I love, it. I love Kelly Oubre and- and the, the options, the choices, the, the crunch time options this team has that didn't exist previously.
0: Yeah, man. Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre definitely brings a lot to you guys, man. But you know what, Sam? Like today's, today's your lucky day, man, because we got a Kelly Oubre insider, man, because yeah. Jay Hill, he is an avid Warriors fan. He watches hey. all these Warriors games, so he has a feeling about Kelly Oubre. Jay Hill, talk to us. How do you feel about Oubre? Man
1: tsunami P man. I'm I'm not gonna finish <laughs> finish the rest of that, but the, the self-proclaimed tsunami P man, he 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 has obviously has his what he does very well. And like you mentioned Sam, he he's a great perimeter defender. Uh offense, offensively he it depends what the position he he's in. You know, I feel like that the role originally that the Warriors had him in as you know the starting three, that wasn't the best role with him, especially in a complex complex like motion offense they're running but like you mentioned coming to the hornets i think it's the perfect uh, fit for him playing alongside mellow and if he's playing at the four as you mentioned he can step in at the four he can step in at the three and he's a gritty defender and also he loves to run he loves to his game is getting rebounds um his, his shooting definitely obviously at the beginning of the season was terrible at it but it improved uh, as as the season progressed and i think i think you're getting a very 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 good fit for the for the hornets especially that young team a gritty team a hungry team and he's right with that tra- upward trajectory that you mentioned uh so i think it, it it's going to be a great fit i'm honestly excited to see him play with a guy like Lamella, who's going to get him involved in the yeah. offense but i don't i don't think in terms of what he what he has to offer as a player it was the right fit for uh for the warriors but you know, for, for Kelly, I just hope he, he's able to find a home. And I think Charlotte might be his place because he's bounced around the league. And I think now this might be the right fit that he's been, been waiting for with James Borrego and the Hornets. So, let's
2: yeah, see. Uh, today was media day for the Hornets. And there was a quote from Uber talking about he hasn't been excited. This is excited to play basketball in like five years. It's like, you know, whether he means it or not, that's, you, that's what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of seeing it with the guys traveling to Vegas when they don't need to, to work out, going to Miami as a complete team and working out under Terry Rozier's leadership, you know, staying in Charlotte or being in Charlotte for workouts. The gym is busy to go to the coach's house for like high school type dinners. Like, yeah. it's like, Oh, all the right things are happening this off season and, it, or, and hopefully it all pays off when the season starts. Making yeah. music videos. Yeah. yeah. Terry, yeah. Terry oh Miles Bridges, God. man. Yeah. Any yeah. thoughts? Yeah. What's, it, what's
1: your thoughts on that? Like you got any, like, I mean, with so, this tracks, the track. Like, what are you feeling about that?
2: I, I really, I. So I'm 32. All right. So I'm, this maybe be a little boomer coming out here. The rapping not on beat is really tough. It was, it's it was really terrible. It was terrible. Like, I like by blue. I I can't. I don't like. I can't listen to Blueface. Like, it, I, it gets underneath my skin. I understand like there's a market for it, and that's like a style. It is what it is. I'm. I respect and encourage Miles to keep doing it, but it's not. It's is not for me. This is not for me.
0: It, it's really not, man. It's not for me either, dog. <laughs> yeah. It's really not, man. But let, let, let's let's continue and talk about you know free agency. You know, you guys had definitely three great additions, but in in, in my opinion, you lost a lot more than yeah. you you brought in. And for the current moment, it actually. It, doesn't really help your roster right now but 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 I want to see how you feel who will you who will you miss out on most you know you guys lost Devonte Graham Malik Monk uh Cody Zeller Bismack Biombo, and Caleb Martin so two to you are you gonna be like man that's we're
2: definitely gonna fill the void of him this year I think I think it's Monk um I I, I love uh devonte he's just a he's a he's he's a, like a, the epitome of what the like the post Kemba era like a guy who stepped up underappreciated overlooked comes in overachieves you know gets into that most improved player conversation becomes like a really good three-point shooter and playmaker just out of nowhere um it's like a it's like a, as a fan's heart that's a hard thing to like see leave but for what they got for him I'm pretty okay with it they gotta protect the 2023 pick I think from the Pelicans the first round pick from the Pelicans um that may, I think will become like two second round picks later if Certain things happen, but it wasn't easy seeing Devontae go. But with LaMelo here, he doesn't, you know, that's a roadblock there. And I think Devontae is an NBA starter. He's a, and he won't start here. So for him, I'm happy that he can. He got paid and he's in New Orleans where he can play. Um, Malik, though, he's he carved a niche out for himself as that, like, dynamic scorer off the bench. Um, and then only recently, only this last season, he became a knockdown shooter from for three. From three. Um, which is a bummer because like now it's like losing that losing a 40% guy who isn't who isn't afraid to take a shot you know Mm -hmm. he's scared of nothing and can go up and attack the rim like his offensive and dynamic like dynamic ability were really really hard to replace Um, and when you his you know we got Terry at the two um, Malik has that kind of as a as a as a space on the team. But when you have book Knight there at 11, which I don't think they Hornets thought they draft him. When I saw that, I was like, okay, that, that, everything kind of makes sense. Cause they didn't offer Malik a tender. Like he just walked as an undershifted free agent. So that, that was hard to swallow. Um, but I, th- I think it's Malik Monk. Cause there's so many times where it's just, we need to bear. Bail- the Hornets need a bail out. Things go stagnant and Malik Monk comes in cold and gets hot just in a, in a moment's notice. And I'm going to miss him every time the Hornets played to Miami. He, he went off. I think him and Bam have a thing from, like, from college. They like the, the little competitiveness thing going on. And he likes to punish Bam. And I'm going to miss that. So, any Lakers fans watching this, when you, got, yeah, when you guys play the Heat, watch out. <laughs> watch out for Malik, man. <laughs> He's going to go off against the Heat. Um, but right. Zeller and Biz, longtime servants of the team, you know, like, Zeller, for, for, like, one of, like, three guys in his draft class to be still playing on the team that drafted him up until this, this summer. So, like, he's, I think he's going to do well as a backup in Portland. I don't know where Biz lands, but um, it that that position needed a lot of love and improvement. I think Mason Plumlee is an upgrade over both of them um, from a rebounding perspective and a playmaking point of view because LaMelo needs guys with good hands. And I love Biz, I love Zeller, but they don't have the handle. They don't have the hands to catch those bullet passes, those bullet passes from LaMelo. Mason Plumlee does. And so that, that would be a, a – uh, a really good improvement to how things operate, especially like when you want run a lot of like high screen handoffs and too many times where like the biz or Zeller would get the ball at the top of the key, the defense was like, all right, cool. That's all you, bro. We're going to go in a double team, whoever we want. Cause you're not doing anything with it. Mason Plumley, he's not going to shoot it, but he can, he can put the ball on the floor for a little bit, but definitely find another person, um, another open player. Cause he has a way better, like, um, a court vision and, and, um, and passing ability than the other fellas. But, yeah, it's – I'm going to miss Malik. I, I named my dog. I don't have <laughs> – I named my dog after Malik Monk, man. Like, he, it was – I said it on stream. Like, uh, the Hornets were down against the Heat, and I was, like, on stream. Like, if Malik was going off, like, if Malik carries us to a dub, man, I'm going to go to Pet Petsmart and add Monk wow. to my dog's tag. And I think he uh, Malik hit a buzzer beater to send the game to overtime, and the Hornets won. And next day I went to Petsmart and added Monk to my dog's tag. It's still, it's still there. I'm not changing it out of respect wow. for Malik. Hey, that's um, a
0: respect. That's a respect. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. I think it's a one year deal with LA. So he may come back. I don't know. So I don't want to change it yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So we know we're just going through the additions and the, the losses that you guys had. So to you, Sam, how do you, how do you think the roster looks now? Do you think that you guys are an improved roster from last year or you're not?
2: Yeah, I think, I think the roster took a big step forward. Um, from the, like, a talent pool point of view uh, with two first-round picks this year. Uh, last year, the Hornets relied on a lot of guys who were undrafted or second-round picks or late-lottery picks. Like, the pedigree is, is has been improved as a as a whole. And then you add in Kelly, Mason, Plumley, and uh, Inish Smith, who have that veteran edge. Plus, Miles Bridges in year four, PJ in year three, LaMelo in year two, that young core is going to... They're going to get better individually and as a collective, right? Uh, I think Hayward, we know what to expect, the The question mark is he has to stay healthy, right? Terry Rozier is continuing to get better. The team is really backing him. They just gave him a new extension. So he doesn't have to worry about being in the last year of his deal. Uh, same with the coach. Like they, 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 like, they give the coach an extension. So the players know what kind of continu- they have continuity here in Charlotte for the long term. And then all they can really have to do is worry about playing basketball, which is nice to see. But, yeah, I, I, I like – the idea of like this young core growing together and then the piece they added because it pushes guys like, again, like Jalen McDaniels, Cody Martin, even Vernon Carey, Nick Richards, guys, younger players on the team lowering the rotation where they're not put in positions where they can't succeed or won't succeed. Like when they're on the floor, it's going to be because coaching staff thinks, all right, this is a good matchup. They won't get exposed. They can continue to develop while being protected. Like, I, I like that. It's more like a more balance in it versus real, like, desperation like oh snap we don't have a three cody martin get out there and defend Giannis. like it's it's a, it's a weird they don't have to go into that situation a little more control assuming of course i want to say something then it's kind of up in the window but it, I, I like where things are i like where things are and hopefully the the rookies can if the rookies this year can like in, involve themselves in any capacity it'll be another like a next level because i look at book night and, um, and Kai Jones as, like, the ninth and 10th man in the rotation. Like, I'm not overlying – I'm not expecting anything from them this year. So anything is a positive, especially with Kai Jones. I think he's so raw. Uh, Book Knight, I think, can offer something. But I, I don't want to, like, put too much pressure on on the on the, on the the rookies.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I really love the additions that you got, like you mentioned, Sam. Obviously, Smith. I think is going to be a great, you know, backup. Mm-hmm. especially a mentor to to lamello you know as he continues to develop as a player but well, that leads us perfectly into our our next segment which is the clutch talk timeout where i just ask you basically we ask our guests who who for the hornets in this case was well, kind of a two-part question but who first question is who for the hornets is the go-to clutch player like you're, you're down you need a bucket like you mentioned with malik you need a bucket or, or you just need, you know, whatever you
2: need in that
1: certain situation. Who's your go-to player on the Hornets roster?
2: Oh, it's Terry Rozier, um, okay. easily. Um, man. He's, he's, the, he's the man. Terry time is a very real thing. And it, we saw it on full display throughout the season. Um, whether it's um, like getting to the rim or creating a shot off the dribble or in the catch and shoot, Terry can do everything. And um, he wants to do it. That's, that's another key point. Like, I think if he doesn't get that last shot, he'll feel it some type of way about it because I think he thinks he can make every shot he takes, which I'm, I'm here for. I love that. I love that attitude from him. But yeah, that, yeah. it's Terry Rogier easily. Yeah.
1: No, there, I there, mean... There are guys on yeah. the team who
2: could do it, but Terry's number one option for me, at least.
1: No, no, I have to agree as a Warrior fan. I saw Terry do that yeah. to us live. So <laughs> right over JTA with the face in his hand. So I, I still remember him fading in the corner like it was yesterday. I mean, that 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 loss hurt. So, but yeah, no, Terry's dev- definitely a great option. I have to agree with that. And then Sam, my next question is to you, what are you opening night? Uh, you know, obviously coming up in the next month here. What do you who do you see Borrego putting out or say you're Borrego. Who are you putting out opening night? Who's your starting lineup? And then kind of talk about your rotation as well.
2: I I I back the guys who were on the team last year, if I'm from running things, because we saw PJ play the five, um, which you can do. Um it's really matchup based. Like we're playing Philly and MB, like that's gonna be tough. That's Mason Plumley, like Mason, that's <laughs> that's your guy, you know. Uh, but on a regular basis, I'm running, I'm running PJ Miles, in the front court, Hayward uh Terry and Lamello um i just mason plumley i think could start for this team and i think he will start in given situations but i think that's the crunch time five like that's the get a bucket lineup and i think that could be the get a stop lineup too so i if i'm if i'm doing that i don't mind starting them either you know um but they the thing is like they do have options as well with with uh, like if they want to have pj come off the bench and have mason start or run like a small lineup because this team can go like do a weird all six seven lineup mm-hmm. if they want because yeah. this team is like because of mellows height and the undersized front court they have they can do like a weird like positionless thing where everyone's the mm-hmm. same height if they want to do it but yeah that's my five uh to start the season with just like to start on average uh lamello terry hayward uh miles and pj okay
0: Okay. Okay. So I, I I got a question. This this is more just like I need to know this because yes. you know one one thing that we we say over here on Clutch Talk a lot. Like I'm not, I'm not even gonna finish the sentence. My brother, what's the best type of ability?
1: availability,
0: availability, man. You know, that's, that's one thing we always say over here at Clutch Talk, man. And this is something that we were debating when we were talking about LaMelo winning rookie of the year. And I just want to ask a A A Hornets fan, I know you're on LaMelo's team, but if you could just put the biases aside, do you think that LaMelo deserved that rookie of the year, even though uh, over Edwards who played all 72 games and Melo, you know, he only played 51 games, although Melo did have a more of an impact on his team, but how do you feel about that? Do you feel like, no, I know Melo deserved it. doesn't matter if he played less games.
2: I think I think the – I don't think Anthony Edwards played in a single meaningful basketball game last year. And I think that should count against him. You know, even though he played in all of them, did it even matter? That team was not good, you that's know. True.
0: That's true. And it's there's no slight play. on him. It's
2: not that's his fault. Shot. But when you look at what Melo is doing in the situations he was doing him in, that has to add more value. And that, that's where I come from. Obviously, I'm a Hornets fan. I'd love to see him win the award i'm glad he won the award but i don't, I don't look at what the Timberwolves did last year it's like oh man well yeah i what, what are these points what are these stats even really mean you know <laughs> that's the true. team isn't good that's true that's
0: true. true that's true okay i like that all right so i want to ask you another question i want i know along along the roster mm-hmm. um these players right now you know you like we've said multiple times throughout the pod you have a, a young team the teams for the future so as of right now, they're not like untouchables like a Giannis untouchable. Like he's just so good right now, I will never let him go. But I want to know about ooh, some. I have some players here listed. I want to know if you tell me if they're untouchable to you due to their uh, their potential, due to what they can grow to. So,
2: uh, first player being Lamelo. Yeah, he's untouchable. Yeah. Okay. This this, this fan base would lose his mind <laughs> if they if they let Lamelo go.
0: Okay, uh, Miles Turner. I, I mean uh, Miles Bridges. Bridges.
2: Yes. He's untouchable as well. Okay. I'd say. Okay, Terry Rozier. No. Mm, no. Okay. Uh, also, I just gotta say this. I don't want anybody to leave. I just gotta throw that out there, a the caveat. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, of course. Game's the game. You know, I'm here to participate in the game. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. no. Nobody's gonna leave. This, like, this is all yeah. hypothetical. hypothetical. I don't want anyone, I'm not trying to ship anybody at the time. So, yeah, <laughs> no, we're not Terry, shipping nobody. I think. I mean, yeah, if the right offer came in for Terry, I could see him, or the Hornets letting him go. But like with Miles, like just Miles is too key and just indicative of what they've been doing here and just as far as drafting well and I th- just waiting for that that tweet where we hear from Woj that he got extended. I'm really concerned about Miles' future because like <laughs> he's gonna be going to restrict free agency this offseason. Him and Lamello are like this and I like, I hate to break that up.
0: Yeah man he's and-
2: so he's gotten so much better at Bridges man. So much better. I'd hate to see him go. But we and- sorry we can continue. <laughs> no no you
0: can keep no look, keep going man like and, uh, like Bridges and another player that also um is able to be more successful because of LaMelo's because of LaMelo's setting up is PJ Washington so how do you feel about PJ Washington
2: um yeah I'd like if I'm if I'm Mitch Kupchak I'd listen to offers I'd entertain offers for PJ um I think his upside is is really high but I don't I don't view him as untouchable although you know I don't I don't see it for him although I like him again I I can't I'm All right. The game's a game. Sorry. I'm trying to, I don't want to add any more caveats. You all good, man? He's not untouchable. I love you, PJ, but I'm, he's not untouchable.
0: Okay. You are good. All right. So, uh, so, you know, Sam, as, as we start to wrap up here, you know, two questions that we like to ask the fans is um, one, the first one being barring health. Let's hope that we have a healthy season. Never again. We never have a COVID season like that yeah. again. Where do you see the Hornets finishing? Uh, I'll,
2: I'll put them at a six seed. I think they can avoid the play in.
1: OK, OK. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's right where I have them. You know, definitely I, I would have them maybe in the play in game, but I think they, they can make, win that game and, and get into the playoffs a bit eventually. But uh, the next question we like to ask our, our fans as well, uh, our interviewers, is um, if you had one word to describe this past season um, or one word or phrase and then one word or phrase that you have going into this upcoming season, uh,
2: what would it be? Uh, so for last year, rip. Uh, gotcha. I've said that a ton during my live streams. I, like, I couldn't – whenever they're they clanking threes and just couldn't get anything going offense, but I was just – every time I was like, oh, rip. <laughs> just watching the ball go, <laughs> like, bounce off the rim. Uh, and then, yeah, especially considering how the team – how the season ended. Uh, so that's a big big fat rip on uh, last year. This year, uh oh, man, I, I really don't want to say it, but – hope like there's a lot of there's a lot of hope around the team um and like promise and that i i don't want to i don't want to think about what would happen if this team regresses collectively you know if they're if they somehow don't make the plan or like you know finish like 11th or worse you know um that'd be disastrous considering how the because there's not a lot of flexibility the team has like this is the team cap wise Mm -hmm. Until you like unless you can fast forward through time. Like this is they were kind of locked in with the Terry and Hayward contracts and then their decision on bridges and the other guys. Like it's a little it's a little ropey there. Um, but I think I'd say hope.
0: Okay, I I I like your two words. You got rip and hope, man. Those are too good. You got it. All right. So, uh, so, so, Sammy, you know, we like to do this closing segment here on on Clutch Talk called "Guess the Player." This is how "Guess the Player" works. I have three players here listed. Both you and Jay will have two guesses. I. I'm going to list off accolades and the things that they did, things that they were known for. And uh, just want to let you know, it's not just Hornets, all of NBA. So, (laughs) so you you got it?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All
0: right, let's do this, man. Let's do this. All right. So our first player, this guy was a three-time champion, a two-time finals MVP, a three-time finals MVP, a three-time NBA MVP, a 12-time all-star a one-time All-Star game MVP, a three-time three-point contest winner. A Larry one- Bird. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir. Snap. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Here we go. Next player. This guy is a hey, Sam. I'm expecting a lot from you from, from this one on you. All right. <laughs> this guy is a one-time defensive player of the year. This guy is a 14-time all-star. Alonzo Morning? No. Oh. A three-time All-Star Game MVP. <laughs> a one-time rookie of
1: the year.
2: Uh, is this MJ? This is MJ. Yeah. This oh is MJ. man. Oh, <laughs> man,
1: MJ. I said Alonzo Morning. Oh, <laughs> Rip. Oh, Rip.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Here we go. Last player. Last player. All right. This guy is still in the NBA today. He's played for six teams. He's a 10-time All-Star. He is a one time scoring champion, a two time male athlete of the year, a one time NCAA champion. Kemba. No. Oh. Okay. He's a one time NCAA most outstanding player of the year.
2: Oh. Oh, oh, Mello, Carmelo. Yes, yes, sir. Carmelo. Oh. Right, I got to, to differentiate. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. who, so I'm here thinking, like, who went to college? Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was
1: like <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah Carmelo, oh, Mello, dang, okay.
2: Yeah. I had to put Mello
0: Seriously. down, man. Well, all right, man. This is a good, good place. This is a good place for us to go ahead and just start to wrap it up, man. Sammy we we want to thank you very much for uh for making time and coming on here, to talk to us. You're extremely knowledgeable, not just Hornets fan, but. NBA fan, man. So you got any last words to say
2: before we check off here? Oh, no, man. You guys keep up the good work. Like, I think we we're talking about this before we started recording. I really appreciate other, like, people who, you know, take the time out to, like, create, you know, and make stuff. Some things that they're passionate about. And if you're passionate about it, it makes it more fun to do. And people can see that and latch on to it and they'll support you. So, like, keep up the good work, guys. Like, it, it's, it's, really, it's really fun and satisfying to, like, turn ideas into like reality. I know we're like this video and podcast, you can't hold in and touch it, but it exists. You know, this is your, this is your thing and it exists. So keep it up. Man. We really, Uh, really, really appreciate that. that. Jay, you got any
0: last words for Sam and all the Hornets fans?
1: Uh, Sam, we really appreciate you coming on the show. And and yeah, no, I'm excited to see what the, what the Hornets can do with that young roster up and coming roster and another year of LaMelo. Yeah tsunami p back tsunami p in the in the building so let's see what they can do man
2: yes sir
0: man let's see definitely definitely one of the most exciting teams to watch so as always you guys don't forget to like comment subscribe and if you guys want to check out sam and all all his work again it'll all all his work all the links will be in the description down below make sure you guys go check that out go show him some love man and sam you you want to uh your twitter you want to blast it out here for
2: all the apple podcast listeners yeah sam dracula on twitter samuel dracula on instagram someone took sam dracula from me feels bad <laughs> but you know that's what it is uh but yeah that's and then you can find all my stuff sam has everything if you want to go there and then you'll find links to all, all my stuff if you want to contact me they got like the discord links all that good stuff but yeah
0: yes thanks sir. for having me guys yes sir yeah, man so we out of y'all clutch talk out
2: after you take brandy to the prom you coming back to school with shades on your head Literally looks like a jersey that you would leave out on the side of the street to get picked up by the garbage company like the next day. Me and Matt say we're 6'4", but I think we're each probably an inch shorter than that. Me rounding up hurts, nobody helps everybody. Basketball tales so strange, you didn't know that you didn't know them. So listen up, y'all. It's NBA Storytime, available wherever you get your podcasts.